Hello and welcome back to the TFA Scouted Podcast. I'm your host Adam Scully and in this podcast we take a look at players and coaches that we believe have very bright futures in the game. About two episodes ago we scouted our first player who was actually playing in Africa in the Gambian prodigy Adama Bojang. The teenager has a massive future ahead of himself and has been linked with some top clubs including Chelsea, Tottenham, Napoli and even the City Group. Coincidentally, though, two weeks later, we have another Gambian gem for you all. One that has recently put pen to paper to become Newcastle United's first signing of the 2023 transfer window. And that player is Jankuba Minte. The Magpies purchased Minte from Danish club Odense, but have opted to loan him out to Eredivisie Champions Feyenoord ahead of the upcoming 2023-24 season, which could be an excellent move for the teenager. Since the state-backed takeover in 2021, Newcastle United's recruitment strategy has been near flawless, and it's likely that Minte will prove to be an astute signing in time. We're here to look at why. In this podcast, we take a look at Minte's strengths, weaknesses, and style of play while also discussing his future with Newcastle United and whether a loan spell with Dutch giants Feyenoord will be beneficial for his career. To scout the attacker in depth, I'll be joined by my co-host and TFA recruitment analyst, Brian Marquez, who has been keeping a close eye on Minte in recent months. Before we begin, though, please make sure to rate the podcast. Five stars, hopefully. It's greatly appreciated. It helps to grow the podcast and to get more and more excellent guests on and to get more and more ears on the podcast, too. So now, without further ado, let's get into our analysis of the forward by speaking to Brian. Brian, welcome back to the TFA Scouted Podcast. How have you been? Hello, Adam. I've been really, really well. Very, very happy with the last podcast we did on on Redondo, and I'm even more happy to have this player. I remember we talk about him in the Arama Boyang podcast. So, you, well, you brought him up. I actually hadn't yeah. been, I hadn't been overly uh, clued up on 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 Yankuba Minte, but you brought him up after we were speaking about Bojang, and I believe. While we were recording, Fabrizio Romano, I believe, published something say or put put a post out saying that yeah. he was close to signing to Newcastle. As of recording right now, it's been just a few days since he actually has signed for Newcastle officially, and he's been loaned out to Feyenoord. Just quickly, Brian, can you explain the? Because you explained to me off camera, but I actually think it's important. I believe Newcastle will use Minte as one of their. Is it their permit players? Is that would you is that the name for them? The players they can use to to loan out for a year because they can't acquire a work permit. Is that correct? Yeah, they are using uh, Minte. They they loan him out trying to get an easier like process to get mm-hmm. his work permit. Yeah. You know, because all of this um, point system in England to get a player eligible for a work permit, and that's why Brighton. Loan so much, so player, so much players to yeah. Belgium, yeah. to Eredivisie as well, like Kakper Koslowski right now, which is mm-hmm. eligible at this time to play for Brighton. So you have right now um, Minte, which is going to play for the league champions in the Eredivisie, and he's going to play an European competition. So they're trying to get Minte, obviously, regular minutes in a league where he can still develop in a good way with his yeah. young age and, and I assume and I think as well 
they think he's not ready for the Premier League and it's a really good um, idea to loan him out to the Eredivisie mm-hmm. and he's going to be eligible like next season for a work permit. So that is a, a really good move by Newcastle. But this is a move uh, every team does in in the Premier League, like Brighton, Liverpool with Abonigi, Bluenham to Union Berlin that season. Yeah. That's a, um, a really constant thing to see in England. But yeah, now, now Brighton have like 10 players coming back from loan which are eligible and we can talk about like you know with Brighton and all these crazy signings and now Newcastle signing as well young talents we have to see which one is going to be the most shocking player that we literally didn't expect and he's Mm. going to shock the Premier League (laughs) well you brought up Minta because I believe I was talking about Bojang and the fact that he we were talking about the next move for his career and he's been Bojang was being linked with some top clubs Chelsea Spurs Napoli uh, the City group as well and I made the point to you of I think because the, the podcast prior we had discussed Mad Bidstrup at, in Denmark with um, FC Nordland yeah. so I was bringing up the point to you that would it not be more beneficial while the temptation may be to move to a top club would it not be more beneficial if you move to a country like Denmark where you will be almost guaranteed game time a league that is fantastic for developing young players especially a team like like Nordland and then you brought up Minte saying that well the player that has developed who from Gambia like Bojang is Minte and, yeah. and, and from and the same academy got, as well. yeah yeah from the same academy in Gambia the exact same academy uh, Steve Biko in, in in Gambia yeah and he went to Denmark then for the season and he's developed massively and then he caught the eye of Newcastle United and now he's being loaned out and it's not just that he's you know being loaned out anywhere he's being loaned out to the Dutch champions it's an excellent club to go to they will be in European competition next season and like it's a it's a phenomenal it's a phenomenal move for him and especially in such a a technical league but enough talk we'll get into his future in a little bit and why you can kind of expect from Minte further down the line Brian I know what your answer is going to be, but what, what stood out for you most when you first watched Minte? Well, if listeners have been really listening to us, they know I love a winger that tends to dribble so much. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I really love his style of play. He's so brave and he has this, this personality, you know, because if, if you're a winger, and 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 you are going to dribble to the outside, to the inside, and you're inventive with your footwork. You have personality to play football. You you can have personality playing in other positions, you know. But mm-hmm. I love this kind of personality in in that position. The personality to to create something new, and then just began chaos in attack. So Minte, we can start to talk about. His style of play, I want to talk about how he steps on the pitch and he normally is exchanging channels like from the wide channel to the half spaces. He plays as a right winger, which I think is a position that suits him the best. I have seen him as well as a left winger, but I think he plays so much better as a right winger. So... Mm -hmm. One of the first things I saw in Minte was 
his touches aren't that soft, you know, but his body turns, he can maybe have a long touch or a heavy touch, but he's going to get the ball and then he's going to create some movements, some touches on the ball that are going to be really inventive. So his body turns carry so much threat. He can even have a player on his back and he's going to turn him because he's so slippery. He slides through the defenses and through the lines. And he surprises so much in how he can evade the press. You know, his mm -hmm. change of pace is so fast. I mean, he wants to penetrate the box so aggressive and so quickly after receiving the ball. And that is what stood out for me in the first touches of the ball, you know, these body turns and this um, mm. dynamic style to step on different channels um, and the way he carries threat, being so aggressive to look for the box. I said this to you before we started the podcast that the way he dribbled is genuinely fascinating. Like there's there's times I may be exaggerating slightly, but just for dramatic effect, there are times when it looks as though he's dribbling just in a straight line for 20 yards straight and four players have tried to tackle him and he has not budged from that straight line run. But because of his body feints and slight deft movements of his hips and his shoulders, yeah, he easily gets by them without without changing the the direction he's running. He's physically running in a straight line with the ball, and he's beaten four players just by simply moving his body. It's genuinely outstanding. It looks like it looks like at times he's playing with a protective shield around him that you can't get through. And again, I understand them being exaggerative, but it's because obviously you can just technically you can just boot the legs off and take them down, but you're not going to do that because you get booked. But his dribbling skills are a joy to watch, and also you made you made it you made a good point. You said his touches aren't that delicate, and I want to ask you: Do you think that that's because of the pitches he used to play on at Steve Biko in Gambia? Because if you watch limited footage, so there's footage on YouTube, and I want to make a disclaimer: when we scout players, we do not use YouTube highlight videos. We use Y Scout or Instat, which is actually being uh, done away with at the end of the month, unfortunately. But we tend to use Scout for to watch all the video footage. So I used Scout to watch his games at Odense. But there's Scout don't have access to Steve Biko. So I watched certain videos of his time in Gambia where they're playing on pitches that have genuinely, they look like mountains. Do you think that lack of a deft or a delicate touch comes from playing so consistently on a pitch where you can't it's not i mean you're not your a delicate touch isn't really gonna is, isn't really gonna do it if that makes sense you've got to be a little bit gruffer with the touch in the past because you know the ball's going to be bobbling as you play it because of so many lumps etc yeah with the ball bouncing so much before it gets to you it's difficult to train a delicate first touch yeah you know you can obviously progress and develop in that he's only 18 years old and um, but I really think this this is a thing that has um, make his touch a little bit heavy, you know. And but the thing is how he um, solves the situation so quick quickly. You know, he 
receives the ball. If the touch is a little bit heavy, he's going quick to get the ball and then he starts creating and starts creating and you know that that kind of explosive dribble dribbling, but it's not like explosive dribbling going outside or inside. Is that one you you said about um, before? Is the way he runs in a straight line, mm-hmm. but how he feints with his body? He touches the ball so softly then in the run, or he's making this soft hip. Uh, movements as well that is really really good you know that that is really really good to have and you know he I, I really like how he attracts rivals players and then he releases the ball or he goes to that spaces he generates because of attracting the rival mm-hmm. pressure with a dribbling or with a ball carrying um he shakes so much the opposing block with his his rhythm is so good so good because if he's between the lines or he's he's wide he's a speed maybe when when he's running and how he i really love this kind of dribbling you know the the one that waits for the last moment yeah where the, the the opponent is going to stretch the leg to tackle and at that moment the dribbler is making the move. That is a really, really good one to see. Oscar Cortez used to do the same thing, and I mentioned that on the podcast when we did uh, the podcast on Cortez a few weeks ago. But in terms of Minte, you're correct. Yeah, he does. But he knows he's so good that he can get away with that. Like, he'll wait for you to make the move, and then he'll go. Because he knows that as soon as that ball is pushed by the defender, you have absolutely no chance of getting back because he is so rapid. You will never catch him. Like not even Kyle Walker would catch him in a, in a foot race, I believe, anyway. No, and I really like this type of things because maybe it's something you see on South American so much. Mm-hmm. This It's like a, a daring thing to do. Like, I'm waiting you to stretch the leg and I'm going to, to then dribble. That's that's really good, and um, one of the things that stood out for me as well was how he can play with a man on top of him, like mm-hmm. on his shoulders, on his back, and quickly and torn away. Yeah, and yeah, and, and quickly torn away from from them, and that is unbelievable. He 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 does not lose the ball if he's marked yeah. like that. You know, let me he, let me he, ask you a question. Sorry, I, I, yeah. this is this is an important question to ask because there's players that can play in both. There's players that can play maybe in one, and and not the other. For me, when I watch him, he's so rapid and exciting in transition. Do you think he suits a more transitional side as opposed to a possession based team, or do you think he could do both? Because yeah, my and... my fear would be that if you're not a transitional team, you maybe kill his threat because. If you're, yeah. I don't. That that doesn't mean you're defending in a low block all the time and hitting teams on the break. I mean, transitional can be you. You, I suppose, transitional can be high block, mid block, low block. It doesn't really matter. Just once you win the ball, you quickly transition. And Minte is unbelievable, especially when there's so much space behind the opposition's back line. So if it is a low block or a mid to low block, you know, defensive setup and the team wins the ball, and then he breaks from deep, he'll kill you. Yep, and you know, I have to. Two two ideas, in my opinion, of mm-hmm. why he he needs to be playing 
on a side that plays transitional football or a more direct style. One of them is when he needs to like, he receives the ball in a more organized shape, is not that frenzy moment to run in attack. His dribbling can be a bit slow. You know, when he's ecstatic and he needs to create a moment of brilliance and explosiveness, yeah. like ecstatic in a positional attack, if we want to, to, to call it like that, it can be a bit slow. And sometimes he needs to release the ball quickly and he just holds it too much and he's dispossessed in this way. Mm-hmm. And his link up, not the most decent, Maybe it's not the most solid. It could be worked on. Yeah, it could be worked on. But you know, when you're a winger on a positional team that likes to be more organized, you need to have uh, this this kind of um, ideas and solid executions. When you're in ex- like in a in a static position, mm-hmm. you're waiting for the ball, you receive the ball, and then then you have to create, and then you have to. To, to be intelligent, not to lose the ball. So in the, when he is... And the other thing is how good he runs in behind. You know, he picks the ball and makes the unmarking movements between the centre-back and the full-backs. And in transitions, he has scored, I think, two or three goals in this way, like mm-hmm. getting into space, receiving the ball, and then finishing with his left foot. And that is... That is a thing you cannot lose. Well, speaking of or, or, goals, I just want to throw in a, a couple of stats. In all competitions, that includes Odense's under-19 side as well as the first team too, because he did play for both this season. He scored six goals, all non-penalty goals, six goals from 32 shots from an XG of 3.6, which is decent. But in, in the... In the Danish Super League alone, it was four goals from an XG of 2.81, which is still decent. He takes a lot of shots from the kind of left corner of the box when he cuts inside, which is maybe not ideal. I think, it, it, like, I understand, obviously, the, the positioning he's in. He feels like he can score from those ranges, but his XG per shot is 0.11, which is kind of meh. It's kind of average. You know, you would be hoping he would get into better positions to shoot or even you know, make a reverse run at the back post, for example, or, or or get in behind the opposition's fullback when the cross is coming in from the far side on the defender's blind side to be a bit more potent in front of goal. And he has actually scored from two of those positions, I believe, this season. Um, so his goal scoring is okay. He still scores goals. What He also has good... Uh, he, has, he has a decent level of assists too. So he actually got five assists this season just in the Danish Superliga alone. So that's, we're talking nine goal contributions, which is, which is, which is, which is decent for such a young player on limited game time, we should say. And now he has moved to Newcastle United and, of course, to Feyenoord. But I do want to talk about the move to Feyenoord, Bryant. We, we'll talk about Newcastle in a second, but the move to Feyenoord is, is, is an important topic to bring up because they are. Eredivisie champions. They are an excellent side to watch. They are mass producers of, of, of wonderfully gifted technical players, we should say. But not only that, and not only Feyenoord, the Eredivisie alone has a lot of similar players like Minta, 
in the league at the moment, or not, well, that were in the league, I should say, not that they're still there. Uh, Noni Madueke was one, who's, of course, gone to Chelsea, and another was Johan Bakayoko, who we're a massive fan of here at TFA. Myself and Arlene, myself, did a podcast a few weeks ago talking about Bakayoko, was one of our top five young players, our break, breakout stars, one of the top five breakout stars of 2022-23 season. In terms of the area Eredivisie, Bryant, you know a lot about this league. What is... Or do you believe it was the right move for him or Newcastle smart by loaning him out to Feyenoord? Yeah, I, I, I think it's a, it's a really good movement. Eredivisie is a really good um, league to develop youngsters. Mm-hmm. And now is really developing this type of players like dribbling wingers who look to be activated into space and are really explosive. He's not similar in to to Ozame Jarawi, which is a head of them. He's not similar because Jarawi is a... He can be so explosive and so creative in transitions and in positional um, attacks as well. But Minte, for me, he's going to develop really good in Eredivisie because they love a young player who can create and who can... um, you know, be a rebel. Mm-hmm. Just try to make some out of his talents and out of his uh, technical qualities. Not technical qualities, but his ideas. His aggressive ideas. And Jakub Aminte is a very aggressive player. I think in his decision-making, he has to be better in the way he looks for the angle of a shot. But when he's in transitions... He decides really well when to assist or when to score. Mm-hmm. And this is a really good thing to have in a young player who likes to get in transitions a lot. So Feyenoord is having a fast, explosive and creative player who can run, who can hold the ball, who can shot from distance as he has shown. And I think we're going to see more things in his game this season with more regular minutes. And, you know, it's a different style of league. It's a different team. And And they're playing European European football too. And they're playing European football too. So Mm -hmm. he's going to get new things. And I think he's going to get some interesting new resources to his attacking outlet. And that is really good to, to, to keep. It's going to be really good to keep watching him this season. I want to play devil's advocate for a moment. If there was no work permit limitations, do you think he would be good enough right now as the the type of player he is without developing any further? Do you think he he would have been good enough to play, to actually get minutes for Newcastle this season in the Premier League and, and Champions League especially? Because I'm sure he would have got a minute or two in the Carabao Cup and FA Cup, for example, but... You know, if you're playing against Colchester United in the the third round of the FA Cup, I'm not really counting that as as you know stone stonewall first team minutes. Um, do you think he would have been good enough to get minutes then for for Newcastle in the Premier League Champions League, or do you think the loan to Feyenoord is almost essential for him to become more? all-rounded and solid and to learn a bit more before he comes to the Premier League, before he's ready for the Premier League? I really think the move to Feyenoord was 
the right one because of that, because they're obviously the league champions and they are going to play, um, I think, Champions League, but they have to mm-hmm. qualify through the first rounds of, of the playoff to to get into the Champions League group stage. But I think it's the right move because he's going to try to learn new things and new uh, in, in he's going to adapt new resources to his game in a league, in a context which is not going to be as demanding as the Premier League, you know? Yeah. I don't think Jankuba Minte is ready right now to the Premier League after his season. It, it was a really short season for him because he came to the Odense's first team so late in the season. Yeah, so yeah. I think he has to grow in terms of physicality. I think he has to grow in terms of um, link up and he has to grow in that sense. And probably so, his defensive uh, yeah. awareness as well and his tactical kind of just his all round I don't want to say tactical awareness, but I suppose there's a lot of, of principles in the defensive phase, especially that will be absolutely key for him to learn if he is to move to the Premier League, which is a, an incredibly tactical league. Yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, Minte is, is intense. He's, he's energetic to defend. He shows his pace to track back and all that. But, you know, his tactical positioning and um, defensive awareness to know where to be and all that, at least he's showing, you know, the desire of being active in the defensive phase and yeah. and all that. So you can work with that more than a player that does not have a work rate in the defensive phase. But yeah, I think this is a, a good move, the Eredivisie for him. We have to see if Feyenoord is going to give him a lot of minutes. I assume and I expect it will be like that. So... I think we, we, we will enjoy Minte if he's going to have regular minutes in the Eredivisie this season. He'll definitely get minutes on the Arnie slot. I think the worry was that slot would have left because I know he was... I think he spoke to Tottenham Hotspur before Ang Poxtokoglu got the job. So, But I think the fact that he's staying at the club will mean that you know with Minte going to nord he will have sanctioned on himself and I don't think there's a risk he leaves unless although you, you never know in football I mean a job come available out of nothing and, and Arnie Slot could leave but maybe Feyenoord may sanction the deal because they think he'd be an extra addition to the squad I do hope he gets minutes I hope they don't just see him as a, a an extra number because I think he's incredibly talented the last question I do want to ask you though Brian before we wrap up is just about Newcastle's recruitment in general since since the the Saudi backed takeover or the the well yeah the Saudi backed takeover I think is the best way to 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 label it in twenty twenty one I think it was towards the was October twenty twenty one around that time since they took over the club do you how would you rate their recruitment especially under Eddie Howe as well because I can only really think of Chris Wood maybe being the only kind of Meh signing. I don't think he was outstanding. Uh, they didn't. It was a twenty million they signed him for. Am I am I wrong? If it was twenty million, then I think I'd probably label that as a bit of a a, a failure of a deal. You know, I don't find their recruitment the one that I expect. I expect a little bit more rush, 
spending a lot of cash in players that does not suit his style. But I think Cole has been uh, commanded as well by mm-hmm. um, Eddie Howe and his idea and how good ha- has all been. But I, I have really liked it. Besides, I don't know, Chris Wood, Anthony Gordon, maybe. Yeah, but I suppose I'll give Gordon the benefit of the doubt because it was well, it was yeah. in January, and you'll hope that this season he'll crack on. But like Chris yeah, Wood, exactly. twenty five million, and now he's at for- not Forest, so I don't. I think we can label that as a pretty unsuccessful signing. Yeah, you know, but if you see the signings they're making, well, they they made last season: Botman, Nick Pope, Alexander Isaac. They they yeah. have they have sense, you know, and the first signing, the fifth, their first big signing. Was Bruno Guimaraes with make all the did you sense say in Nick, the world? Did you say Nick Pope there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought I thought you missed Nick Pope. I was going to say he's been outstanding. Kieran Trippier, yeah, Kieran Trippier as Even well. Dan Bourne's yeah. been pretty good. Yeah, as well. And and they right now they are looking to sign um, young players with Minte. They sign in January. I think they sign a youth player from the West Ham Academy. As well, the mm-hmm. Ashby, I think this is his last name. Yeah. So they are focusing on signing young players as well to develop Newcastle in a long term, medium to long term. But as well, they're signing players with the right sense to sweeten the squad, like Isaac, like Botman, like Pope. If you think of the sign of Botman, it's one of the most logical ones because they yeah. play in on a mid yeah. block and Botman was a champ. A, League on champion playing in that same context, playing in a low to mid block, and he was amazing in that one, Le- creating long passes, um, connecting with players in a more direct way. So, their recruitment is working really well. I, I really expected something different, but this is really good to to, to see in their in how they are developing their future. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing how Mente develops a fine order, and especially in the future, then when he returns from his loan spell next summer, to see whether he has a future with the Magpies. Brian, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. I really enjoyed this one. To all the listeners at home, I hope you enjoyed it as well. And make sure to tune in on Friday for another regular episode of the TFA podcast. Also, make sure to rate the podcast too and share it with your followers, friends, and family, as it really helps us to grow. Thank you all for listening, and goodbye for now. <laughs>